Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Today, I want to start out, we're going to be going in this, we're starting our Empowered series. Even though Caleb kind of set us into this, we're officially starting today. He kind of gave the introduction on it. Caleb, I really appreciate that grammar lesson. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but... Uh, but it was a good grammar lesson. All those people who are grammar people really love that. I saw lots of responses, like I've been hiding. I feel called out in a good way. I did not feel that, because I am not a grammar person. But I did realize that I'm a Yoda of grammar, right? This is there. This, this meme makes so much sense to me, it concerns me. And so now I'm realizing, when you see my text, it's not that I'm dyslexic. It's I'm the Yoda, and may the force be with you trying to figure it out, all right? So anyway, thank you for that grammar lesson. You can go back, and that should make you intrigued to go back and listen to that teaching last week. So today, we're in talking this series, and because we're talking about this series about empower, we have to say this place of who's empowering us, the power of the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. And because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, it's really important that we realize that's going to be a lot of the things that we're going to be engaging with is this person of the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Trinity. This is all, theologians disagree on many things, but your, your theologians have this in common. The, the respected theologians of all Christianity will say, we believe in a triune God. And so the Trinity is, in Christian doctrine, the unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as three persons in one Godhead. The doctrine of the Trinity is considered to be one of the most central Christian affirmations about God. Now, does that mean it's easy to understand I said, uh, one illustration, the easiest straightforward way of describing the Trinity is there is exactly one God, there are really three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and each person is God. That's the definition. Now, I grew up in a church that had, which most of you did too if you grew up in church, you had the doctrine of the Trinity, and they explained it to me many unique ways. You guys had, anybody had an explanation of the Trinity? I had an egg, an egg explanation. You know, the shell and the white and the yolk, the three persons, but one egg? That helped. And uh, then the other one was the water. You know, it's liquid, it's frozen, it's steam. Now, I, they, they kind of left me empty. <laughs> and, and I thought, why did they leave me so empty? I can understand conceptually they're trying to say th there can be three things in one, right? And call it one thing. And it's all one thing. And so I got that. But I think the problem was this. Guess what? Jesus, the Father, the Son, you know, Jesus, the Son, and the Father, and the Spirit, they are not an egg. <laughs> That's the big problem. And here's the big, what they are. They are persons of the Trinity. And that is a huge thing for us to understand as we go through this series, that this place that, you know, we sometimes will have this place of theological understanding of the Trinity. We're trying to figure it all out. But what I find, what I will, you will find is the Trinity will only make sense 
to the degree that you know the three persons. And then it begins coming alive. And that is what we understand. The, the Holy Spirit we're speaking of, and we'll be speaking of through this series, is a spirit that has been part of God the whole time. It's been always a part of history. If you look all the way through the Bible, you see from the creation story all the way through the Israelites, King David, all the prophets, what are you watching? You're watching the Holy Spirit operating. And then when you get into Jesus' birth, there's a whole other level that was prophesied by the Holy Spirit earlier. This is going to happen, and things just start happening from the birth of Jesus. All these things where the Holy Spirit is talking and moving, and then you begin seeing all these things taking place within Jesus, and then even when he was, he would, remember when they were uh, freaking out about Jesus leaving? And he says, oh, don't worry. I'll always be with you. And they go, but you're leaving. And they go, oh, no, but I'm coming. Well, I thought you're leaving. I mean, this is, this is why we go hard, have our time on the Trinity, right? He says, no, I'm coming. It'll be better. And it was because the Spirit came. And the Spirit was Jesus. And Jesus is the Spirit. And God's the Spirit. So as you come to know the Father, you come to know the Son. As you know the Son, you know the Spirit. As you know the Spirit, you know the Father. You understand? Knowing the person of the Holy Spirit is really amazingly helpful. In fact, really the only way you can grasp this triune God now, for me, I grew up in a church that had a doctrine of the Trinity, which most of you did too, and yet I heard most teachings about Jesus and the Father a lot, which are really good, but I didn't hardly hear any teachings about the Holy Spirit. Now, he was still working, he was still present, it just wasn't identified, right? And I realized, oh, I didn't know... I don't see the Holy Spirit as a person. I see him as some sort of force, an add-on. Or you say I was a Trinitarian with the Holy Spirit spelled in small caps. I mean, you know, or maybe all, all, no caps, right? In small font, right? Because that's how I kind of viewed him. Important. Got to get him in there, theologically. And so it took me some time for me to understand that he was not just an impersonal force, that he actually was a person, and uh, it wasn't that our church spoke of the Trinity in a negative way. It was just like, we're not sure what to do with it. And it's complicated too, right? Because there's this spot in which that many times they weren't taught much about the Trinity. I'm not putting it on them. But we were in a modern age and, and experience with questions. And, and then I grew up in a church that didn't care for the Pentecostals. <laughs> Those crazy Pentecostals. And so there's even more like, defining themselves, so it really put me in a spot that I had to relearn, like, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? So over these next weeks, we're going to be talking about the person of the Holy Spirit a lot, and what we're hoping, and we, as we do this, is that you'll understand more that the Holy Spirit is a person. Di Lehman, in her book, Hell Holy Spirit, says a great, I thought it's a great definition, is, who's the Holy Spirit? He's not a ghost. You know, King James in, interpreted ghost. This is a problem, right? Let's have the children's ministry. Let's all worship, and, and do you feel the ghost? You know, it's like, it, it gets problems. It's not a good translation, so he's, he's not a ghost or an impersonal force or an exclusive, exclusive power out there. He's neither a doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved he is God himself, 
He is the one of the three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He is God's gift of himself to each of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and full of life and delight. Man, that's a good definition. So, but you know, Caleb talked about last week. There's this thing that it talks about the Holy Spirit often, and he, and we see it quite a bit. Don't resist him. Here's why. Here's why it says that quite a few times, because we have a tendency to do that. <laughs> he says it because he knows our heart is this place can be easily a place that we have a tendency of resisting. Now, I lived in this theological understanding of the Trinity even at the very beginning, believing all the things I would even be teaching now. But quite honestly, it took me a while to actually get to a place that I was able to actually understand the Holy Spirit and, and love Him. Now, here's the thing is, I love parts of Him. <laughs> I did. I, there were certain things about the fruit of the Spirit and His transformation in my life. I mean, I remember, I just, when I came to Christ, I felt the Holy Spirit. I knew what that felt like for him to show me the things of my heart. I liked that part a lot because I, I, I knew how good it was. I, I remember worshiping for the first time and feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. I thought, oh, I like that. But there were things that I would read in the Bible. I'd say, I don't like that. I remember people would like say, oh, I want to be there when these crazy, powerful things happen. Go, I don't want to be there. I mean, that's like... I want, all the, I want all the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. No, I don't want any. I'm not sure what I would do with that. That's how I was, because I didn't like all the Holy Spirit. Like part of the Holy Spirit. You guys, some of you like part of the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me. I bet you do. Just part of him. Now, I want to give you some marriage counseling. If you go to your wife that you love and you're committed to, and you say, Debbie, I love at least a third of you. <laughs> I'm, it's going better. I'm, I'm, I'm up to 75% of you. That other part, I really resist and don't want to be around, but I love you 75%. That's not good. You can do maybe do that to a force. You can't do that to a person. You understand? And so I'm a, I had to be kind of relearned on this place of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot has changed, Right? Like right now, in this place, right now, I used to think, what if it turned into like what happened in this second chapter of Acts where every, the power of God and fire and people, you know, like I think, I don't have enough instructions to pastor for that. I think I'll just wait on that. That's all I used to think. Now it's like, I would long for that today. <laughs> I, I don't care what it looks like. If it's the Holy Spirit, it's so good. I don't care what it sh shakes me up of. If it's the Holy Spirit, it's good. And I can say that with a deep heart because I know the person of the Holy Spirit. And I still have my resistant points. I think all of us in, all through life will always have a tendency because here's the parts of the Holy Spirit's heart. The Holy Spirit wants to take charge. And he wants to be God. And he wants to lead you in ways you might not go yourself. And he wants to reveal things within you, and there's parts of you like, I don't want that. But once you get to know the Holy Spirit, you find yourself longing for that. Now, 
I want you just to remember this scripture throughout the whole, it's, it's, it's taken slightly out of context, but it does hold up biblically. So, I mean, you can see it's talking a lot more than this. It's actually true, but it's talking about, it's just an assumption when Paul says this. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And here's my question. And, and this is the kind of thing we know the right maybe theologically. So I'm talking about ask yourself in your depths of your heart, do you know that to be true? And does that cause you to be stirred and recognizing how good that is? Do you feel gratitude? Do you feel excitement for what could happen in your life because of this true statement that Paul says to the Romans? And it doesn't matter where you're at. Like, maybe for some of you, like, I just came for the baptism. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know. But the reality, while you're here, at least, you know, go along a little bit. So the reality was like, like, what is the, what is the, is the who's the Holy Spirit? And, and be open to the place that he's not just a force, that he's actually a person. And that you can experience the personal Holy Spirit's transforming power you can experience the Holy Spirit empowering you to go to other people. And this is what we're going to be talking about throughout the whole series. Today we're going to talk about one particular part describing, like, if you had to describe a person, how would you describe him? Well, explain this. This is a good person to describe. He, ha- he brings revelation. So we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit brings revelation. Revelation... God's supernatural disclosure of human, to human beings of truth they would not otherwise know or are incapable of discovering on their own. That's what Revelation is. And so what you're going to hear over and over is, is God is a revealer. He reveals. And that word there is interesting because it's, it could be also uncovers which is interesting because what uncovers me is like, oh, as I see it, it causes me to understand, oh, this is right. And you feel the freedom and the, to, for it to be uncovered, right? You know that feeling? And something you've been bumping up against gets uncovered. You go, oh, that's why I'm bumping up. Or something gives you an open door to something. Just think about this. One time, one time I, was, uh, I, was at a, I went to a friend's house. I'd never been there before. I went to this bedroom. We were really tired. And we went right to bed. And uh, we, we just we were crashed. And, we put, and we op- I woke up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I didn't know where I was. You guys heard that feeling? I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't even sure. I had no idea where the door was. And it was pitch black. So <laughs> I get up. I wiped out most of their desk. I was, I was up against the closet, opening the door. I was banging around. What I needed was revelation. <laughs> naturally, not supernaturally. I just needed the lights to come on. So I could see where the door was and know how to function in that room. And I thought, when, it, when the lights come on, everything made sense, right? That's revelation. It's not something weird out there. It's like, oh, it makes sense. That, that brings freedom because truth always brings freedom. So we want the Holy Spirit to reveal all of who God is to us. Now, as we look in the, the Scriptures, think about just this aspect of the Holy Spirit, of being a revealer, you can see it all the way through, right? Abraham, 
during the Jewish nation. What is he? He's seeing, he's revealing things that are to come. He's revealing what's taking place right at that moment. You look at, we look at the Israelites, and over and over the Holy Spirit's leading them and guiding them. We look at uh, the, the Psalms, and David is talking about the Holy Spirit revealing his heart, and don't go away from me, Holy Spirit. And then we see him seeing things and prophetically being challenged with these things he's been doing, and, and it saves David and many other people in Israel from uh, David becoming corrupt. And, we, we look in, and then we look at all the prophets. What's that about? Revelation. And they get that from the Holy Spirit. And then we look in, in the New Testament. My goodness. We prophesied that there would be this pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and we see that. As soon as Jesus comes, come, the, the Holy Spirit's upon me, and I bring you good news, and all of a sudden... You know, he gets baptized. The Holy Spirit descends on him. I mean, everywhere we go, he begins talking all the times in terms of open your eyes, open your ears. He's speaking of listen to what the Spirit is saying. See what the Spirit... It, all the things that Jesus went through, you understand, it's not like this side thing. This is how Jesus lived his life in dependency on the Holy Spirit on every aspect. Right? He trusted himself and was led by the Holy Spirit, his empowerment, his directions, all the things that took place were all the Holy Spirit. And then he says, now do what I've done, and the Holy Spirit is going to be given to you, and now you've seen how to do it, now do it. And then we have Pentecost that comes, and this is so much about Revelation, right? First thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes, what happens? Everybody begins worshiping. Why? They see who Jesus is. Right? That's what happened. Their eyes open. They see it. And they're just, they just are filled with, with, with worship. And then you see Peter, who's been kind of, you know, denying and hiding and scared and timid. And all of a sudden, he starts looking around. He sees, oh, so differently. And to the point, he stands up. And all the apostles stand up. And he speaks and saying, this is who Jesus is. And when he says it, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit cuts to their heart again, shows them their heart, and they go, this isn't good. I'm away from God. I'm trying to lead my own life. I need a Savior. And they say, what do we do? And he says, just repent and be baptized. Right? And, you, and, then, and we see the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And we see this all the way through as we go through the Scripture. God's supernatural disclosure to humans of truth that would not otherwise be, I mean, they would know and are, and are incapable of discovering on their own. Now, you almost got the wrong thing because my pages are on the wrong way. That would have been interesting. All right. So I want to I go through a, um, a story that I think is just so good. Uh, it's this story that uh, it's in Acts 8 and Philip is just experiencing the Holy Spirit at levels that are kind of crazy. And so he's like, he's in Samaria, and they weren't even, guess what, he wouldn't have gone to Samaria on his own revelation. <laughs> and yet they came to know Jesus, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit sends an angel to help him to go, go down this road. Now it doesn't seem that he says go down this road. Here's what we want the Holy Spirit to say. Go down this road, and I will give you a typed outline of what's going to happen next. He doesn't say that. He says, go down this road. 
So he goes down this road, and there's this treasurer who's a eunuch, who's a high official and of the queen of Ethiopia, like a, the top diplomat, in a carriage, kind of a combination of a chariot and a, a char- carriage. And so he's in this carriage, and he spots this, this, this guy like, hmm, this is unusual. person from another country doesn't look at all like me. I'm probably a pretty poor Jew, and this guy is super rich and super high level. And, you know, naturally, it's like, this is interesting. But here's what happens after he goes down this road. It says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Let's just pause for a second. You, <laughs> which means it looks as if we see later the carriage is moving slowly. And he's thinking, okay. He didn't say, here's what's going to happen once you walk along the side. He says, walk alongside the carriage. So he, he says, Philip was pretty responsive. He ran because he had to catch up. And he heard the man reading the prophet of Isaiah. This is the clue of God's working. When you, when, you want to, when you go there and they're reading a scroll, they have a scroll, it's pretty amazing, uh, but they're reading a scroll of Isaiah, it's like God is so good about helping us out, right? So, okay, I think there's something here there. So, so he's reading the scroll of Isaiah, and here's what Philip says. And I don't know if he has any thought about it, but I believe clearly that God gave him this to say. Here's this divine thing he said. Do you understand what you're reading? Ooh. But that was really powerful because he, the Spirit was leading. And so when he said that, <laughs> the man replied, how can I, unless someone instructs me, and he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him, and the passage of Scripture that he had been reading was this. And it was written by a prophet, under revelation of the Holy Spirit, 700 years or more are in that area before Jesus came on the scene. And it's speaking of Jesus. And he says, He was led like a sheep to slaughter, and as, uh, uh, and as a lamb is silenced before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated, and he received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? for his life was taken from this earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was, this, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water, and, they, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and went down into the water and Philip baptized him. This is such a great story. (laughs) He had this human, just like you and I, who the angels are pretty big deal. I haven't had that happen, but let's, let's, let's move up to the point. They're going down this road looking what are you doing, Holy Spirit? And he sees this guy sitting in his carriage. And what he does, he does this. Go beside the carriage. There's a point of decision 
Will he respond or will he talk himself out of it? And he responds quickly. And then when he's there, I don't know what to say. He says what comes to his mind. Do you understand what you're reading? That'd be a good question. Naturally, supernatural. <laughs> what are you reading? I don't know. How can I do it with him? Come on in. And in that interaction, that Ethiopian eunuch came into the revelation of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, was baptized, and many people believe that he was the place, the first uh, convert of Africa which spread throughout all of the African continent. By one guy who had this divine word. Do you understand? God is a revealer. He loves to reveal himself. He loves to reveal Jesus. He loves to God the Father. He loves himself. He wants you to understand the, who God is. And I just want you to pay attention. Like, I believe, and this, this may sound really weird to some of you, I believe God is revealing right now by this Holy Spirit things that he wants to bless you with. Because that's what he does. He's always working. Right? There's a part where Paul, like, 20 years later, is writing... I think to the Ephesians, and he says, uh, he says, oh, I'm just praying that God will continue. And he says, I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that your eyes will be more enlightened and that you will know the hope you're called to and the riches of his inheritance. This is 20 years afterwards. He's still revealing. So if you're here today and you don't even know who Jesus is, he wants to reveal, not just in an intellectual way, in a true way that Jesus is who he says he is, and he wants to reveal that. You can even feel that as I talk, right? Some of you know Jesus for a long time, and he wants to reveal more about what is true because he wants you to have freedom and not bang around in life and have God be able to access you. Now, there's so many things he reveals. So I decided to do... Just a, to stir up just some things that he reveals. I'm going to, then I'm going to close with a couple of stories. Jesus reveals, I mean, God, the Holy Spirit reveals that Jesus is the Son. He, and he explains and shows you what that means. How many of you guys have known Jesus and then you've learned a lot more about him after you first said yes to him? You may not know much about him when you first say yes, get baptized, and then this thing starts happening. You start getting to know Jesus, right? He's always revealing that, but he's also revealing the things of the Father to you. And he's also revealing the Holy Spirit himself of how to sense and feel and connect and follow him. He wants to always reveal that. He, the Holy Spirit reveals what is good and what is evil, right? I mean, it is so good that God would show us that. So when we start going to some place that he can say, this is not good. You know, how many times do you wish you would have had that in some of the choices you made in your life? Right? It's so helpful because we can't understand those things. And he helps us understand what is good and what is evil. God, the Holy Spirit reveals how God sees and thinks and feels. Do you understand that? It actually is biblically all the time about having the mind of Christ, having the heart of God. What that means is he wants to show you how God sees situations, 
how God sees other people, how God sees the situation you're in. And when you see that, it's good, right? Because you have God's heart. This other thing as far as what he does, he, 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 uh, he, he helps you to reveal what is it you can trust. Like right now, the world is just shaky. What is it you can trust that stays, that doesn't disappear on you? Now pay attention as I'm talking. Some of these will stand out to you. That is the Holy Spirit talking to you. God wants us to know what we can trust so we can feel safe. So we can know we have hope. We can have vision for what's coming and not just survive. He shows us what's eternal and what matters. So we can devote ourselves to something that matters. He shows this place of how we live, our, our true identity in Christ. Like when we're in Christ, we, we actually are God's child. What does it mean to be that? He wants to show us what it means to be God's child, to be not condemned, to be forgiven, to live in the way we were designed to live. He wants to show us our true identity and expose what is a false identity. He wants to just show us how do you know Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. He says, I want to show you how to do that. He leads you in that, that life. Now, here's the part that I want to kind of focus in on. This place of our hearts. This is one of the most beautiful things. He shows us what's in our hearts. You can't see your heart without the Holy Spirit correctly. He shows you his heart. And he'll show you the beautiful, beautiful things that he says. He'll affirm them. He'll give you vision for what he's doing. He'll give you vision for your future. He'll give you vision for the present situations you have. He'll show you the things in your heart. He will stir and work in those areas of his heart. But he will also point out things in your heart that are bad. And that is one of the most beautiful things he can do. Because then he has access to heal and deliver us of those bad things that we've had in our heart. This is a big one. God reveals what he feels about you. In our church, we pray for people. And, or we work, and, and, you, and sometimes you'll see people and they say, I don't know what's going on, I'm crying. You guys ever experienced that, right? It's, it's not a bad cry, it's a good cry. It's a relief cry, it's a joyous cry. Or maybe it's just joy. Usually, whenever God's moving, one thing you recognize is that you re, it's revealing that God loves you. Not only that he sees you, that's wild enough. He cares about you, but he loves you and he has compassion for you. He has kindness, he he has favor on you. He reveals what God has done and what God will do. This is so good. Debbie and I look at each other sometimes and we have this book. We just went through our anniversary book. We've been married a long time. And we just look what God had done over 43 series of marriage. And we just like, God's been good. It's been a crazy ride, but God is faithful. In the middle of all the craziness, God has done so much we can't even put it into words, right? But we also have a place where he shows us this is coming. This is coming, and you can count on that, and you live in expectation of what's coming. God, his Holy Spirit, when he comes in, he, goes, he shows you what God is doing in you. What is this all about, right? He shows you God shows you what's going on around you, what he's doing in other people. And then how do you join into that, just like we saw in the story? He might not have you run up, run up and try to chase a car down on Dorothy Ferry. He may, 
but it may be something else, right? But he has something like that for you because that's what he does. <laughs> he empowers his people to do the work of Jesus, and that's us. So I'm going to close with two stories. And one is back in the room right off of the lobby just last month or so. And one was in my 1976, a long time ago, Toyota Corolla in a parking lot. All right. First one, I'm getting prayer, Bill McKay, back in that room. And all of a sudden as I'm praying, I begin, I begin remembering very clearly a moment in my life when I was in adolescence that I made a choice that set the course of my life in ways that were pretty devastating. And I've known I've been forgiven of that. I've been gracious that God brought me back from that period of time where I was so far away from him, but I've always had a way of seeing that. And I thought, well, you know, I remember that. But God showed me what, the Holy Spirit showed me what he felt about me in that moment wasn't anything I expected. It wasn't disgust. It wasn't, it wasn't even that his heart was broken. He was compassionate. And he understood and he even showed me how he used all those things that I thought I just had to get around for the very way he shaped me. I've thought about that incident in my life for so many times. And that one moment changed the way I saw God. Second one, 1976, Toyota. Debbie and I I were newly married, and uh, we were going on vacation, and we had a scuba diving trip, and I had to get certified so I wouldn't drown. And and it was too late, but they told, come on, we have someone else who's trying to get to the Bahamas too, and you can just, we'll speed you up to the course. I kind of was wise on scuba diving, but I did it. So, so we spent the course. So I, I was paired up with this real nice gal that was uh, going to the Bahamas. And to my surprise, I found myself really connecting to this gal in this kind of weird way. And I thought, this is weird. So I was like super alert. Don't show any connection. Just, But it was just every time... I moved to this class, I would look forward to seeing this gal. Debbie's marriage was great. I'm thinking, hmm. And so I just kept it to myself. I'd look forward to this class. The very last night of the class, I'm sitting in my parking spot, and I see her car driving in, and I look into my rearview mirror to make sure I didn't look bad. And of course, I didn't, but uh, <laughs> I just had to break the ice a little bit here. So, uh, and when I looked in the mirror, it wasn't audible, but close. The Holy Spirit said, What are you doing? And I was busted. Nothing looked different on the outside, but he knew my heart. And I was playing with stuff that was really dangerous. And I went right home. 
and said, Debbie, I got to tell you about this. And it opened up this huge conversation that ta- we talked about this and it changed the way we related and it gave us this foundation in our marriage that has probably protected us all these years. He's so good. <laughs> he wants to show you things because he loves you and he cares for you. 